A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Tommy, what are the uh, two most interesting and I think exciting and popular electric cars in the world right now? Ooh, that's a good question, Dad. What are they? Well, I'm asking you, not you asking me. Uh, well, there's so many. What are your favorites? No, no, come on. Come up with two. Um, let's do an electric bike and a go-kart. Okay, no. Uh, the most popular Tesla in the world right now, of course, is the Model Y. Uh, and the most anticipated electric car is the Mach-E. And we've been lucky enough to actually live with both of them. So in this talking, well, we changed the name of it now, so it's TFL Talk, and we're talking all about cars. Podcast, we're going to be talking about what it's like to actually own and live with both the Model Y and the Mach-E. Yeah, that's right. So a little bit of background. We bought a Model Y earlier this year for a long-term test, a year-long term test, and then Ford, just this past week, loaned us the new Ford Mustang Mach-E for seven days to put through its paces, and we had a great chance to kind of experience both of them in the mountains, on the highway, in the city, over some passes in the uh, the snowstorms that we've had, so it's been a great week. Yeah, and before we officially get started on this uh podcast slash video, I got an email from a company that monitors how well podcasts do. And did you know, Tommy, that uh, uh, TFL Talk is uh, the number one rated automotive podcast in Jamaica? I have a hard time <laughs> believing that, Dad. I just don't believe it. We're also number one in Croatia. Uh-huh. You don't believe it? Slovakia. No, I don't believe it. The I Czech d- Republic. No, I think, I think he's being a little optimistic there. Maybe he wants to sell you something, Dad, so he's telling you stuff you want to hear. Well, if you guys are either listening to us or watching us in any of those countries, thank you very much. And what do you say we roll the intro and get going? Congratulations. You have now tuned into TFL Talk, where we discuss everything automotive, whether it's cars or trucks. This is the one place where you can be sure to get independent and honest reviews. Let's get back to the show right now. All right, Tommy. Uh, so let's start by talking about the most important thing for a lot of people, and that is styling. What do you think? I, yeah, I know, but that's how people see cars. You see it first before you experience it. So what is your uh, thoughts on what the Model Y looks like? And I, I cringe because I know what you think it looks like. Well, first of all, let me say that I don't think either of them are particularly attractive. They, they both have issues. In the grand scheme of things, I think the Model Y is spectacularly ugly. I just don't think it looks good from any angle. I think it looks like a doorstop. It looks like a catfish. The front end looks like a vacuum cleaner. It's just not a good design. I disagree. I think it looks purposeful. I think that that not having a grill on the front just screams it's electric to let people know that you're driving the newest and the most environmentally friendly vehicle out there. Now, the issue with, of course, the Mach-E, which you think looks better... 
Yeah, I do think the the Mach-E looks much better than the Tesla. Is is a thing that I have not said about it, and that is that it's the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think people in the comments have said, you have said, Ford could have called it anything like the Galaxy, right, harking back to their heritage. But instead they decided to call it a Mustang, and it is not a Mustang. It's a crossover. It's got five doors. Uh, and there's not a lot of Mustang in it except for maybe those cool taillights. At least it looks better than the Model Y. I mean, I agree it's not a Mustang, but at least, you know, it's got some kind of curves to it and it's got some actual creases and it's not just a blobby thing. The Tesla, for some reason, they've turned the nose up against the world. It's, it just it doesn't look very, very, very proportional from any direction. It looks like a Model 3 got stuck in a microwave for too long and then it just blah. Yeah, it's not my thing. But I do think the Mach-E is better from pretty much every angle, the front, the back, the side. It, it's still, like I, like you said, is not quite as good looking as a proper Mustang. But hey, it's uh, not a bad looking car. Yeah, and they're both really crossover, but they're not because the, the tailgates on them aren't really like squared off, right? They're, they're more like hot hatches in some ways. Uh, because they've got this long, sloping tailgate that opens up. Uh, but it's not like a traditional station wagon, right, where it's like a 90-degree angle at the tailgate, and then you've got this big box behind you. It's kind of going after that new trend for the sport coupe SUVs with right. the, the sloping rear ends that are supposed to kind of be reminiscent of coupes of the old days. Now, both of them have frunks. Yes, people hate the word frunk, by the way. Okay, what, what should we call it? I don't know. I, I was reading some YouTube comments. Yeah. For some reason, it's just like a hated word. Okay. Um, so what about the trunk in the front end of the vehicle? Wow, that's a long way of saying a front. <laughs> <laughs> but they both have storage in the front. Uh, the uh, Model Y, uh, of course, uh, first came out with that. Well, I think vehicles have had front storage <laughs> compartments for a long time. But Tesla, of course, kind of pioneered that way back with the Model S. Uh, but Ford did something interesting with theirs, right? They actually made it like a cooler. You could actually put, uh, you can go frunking instead of tailgating. There's a little drain plug at the base of the storage area in the front. Yeah. yeah. And basically the idea is it's all plastic lined. You're supposed to fill it up with ice and then, you know, put your drinks in it and whatever. And then when the ice starts to melt, it'll just drain out the bottom. So the how, about, how about if you want to use, like, as a fishing vehicle? Can you store dead fish in there? I assume so. I mean, if you wanted to. I <laughs> okay. think that is, yeah, if you want to kind just of. don't forget them. No, but genuinely, that, that's the idea, is that they, they put that area in the front there so that if you had dirty boots, you could put dirty boots in the front. Or, you know, um, things that are, are not clean, put them in the front, then you can just kind of rinse it out and it'll drain out the bottom. Now, the front trunk thing is interesting because it's it's a new concept <laughs> relative to our industry now. But like you said, cars have had it for decades sure. and decades and decades. Sure. Every mid-engine car for like the last... Yeah, or rear engine. Porsches have had it forever. Oh, forever, forever, yeah. yeah. So it's Porsche. not really a new thing. But in terms of, you know, your traditional front-engine car, it's kind of nice having a little bit of storage in there. But the Tesla does up the current Mach-E with one feature, and that is you can actually open the frunk from your phone right now. And it's supposed to change on the Mach-E, but right now you have to go inside the car and pull a handle to actually open the frunk. Yeah, from what I've heard, that's going to be changing really quickly. So over an over-the-air update, Ford will push it, and then you'll be able to just use your phone as a key and just go bloop and have it open, just like the Tesla. And before we get talking about the interior of the cars, let's talk about the tech both. Uh, and let's face it, Tommy, if you know, this, we pride ourselves on independent and honest reviews. And a lot of the stuff that the Mach-E has, Tesla actually pioneered, right? So let's talk about the phone as a key. 
that the Tesla does. The Tesla app allows you to do a whole bunch of things. First, over-the-air updates. It allows you to set charging rates. It allows you to use the phone as a key, which the Ford um, Mach-E doesn't have, right? It's got a traditional key. No, you can use phone as key. Yeah. It works exactly the same. Yeah, it's really impressive how it works. Yeah, but the Tesla also has this, which I'm showing right now for all you listening to this, a credit card that says Tesla on it, and that is really your key. So you can keep this credit card, little plastic, in your wallet. Uh, With the Ford, you get a traditional key. Which I much prefer. I think the credit card's kind of silly. I much prefer having a traditional key with buttons. But Um, but the Tesla... The Tesla, I mean, I've used Ford's app and I've used the Tesla app. The Tesla app is much more intuitive. It's just very easily laid out. And there are things you can do on it um, that are actually really smart. And the Ford does it too. For instance, you can like schedule uh, a service appointment. But unlike the Ford, they will actually come to your home or your office and do that service. Whereas with the Ford, you're going to have to take it to the dealership. Now, some people will say that Ford's dealership network is a bonus uh, because, well, there's a, you know thousands of Ford dealers out there, whereas Tesla only has so many uh, stores. But I, I kind of like the fact that they actually can come to your office or home and fix it. The other thing that the, that the phone uh, app does is allows you to set uh, charging times, charging rates, allows you to... Um, if you've got full self-driving, some in the car, right? So you can actually have it come to you if it's parked somewhere. Um, actually, I can look look on my little app and don't have to do it for memory because I have it right here. So the the phone integration is a little better on the Tesla, but it works on the Ford. It, it, they've done a good job incorporating the Ford Pass app into the vehicle. It's not quite as in-depth. So, for example, you can't buy upgrades like you can with the Tesla system, but uh, you can certainly lock, unlock. You can uh, honk the horn. You can do the, the pretty typical stuff. It'll show you the current charge percentage. It'll tell you when it'll be finished charging. It does a lot that the, that the Model Y will do. Yeah, uh, and the other thing that it does uh, that I think is pretty cool is it allows you to do things like actually upgrade the car, right? Uh, so one of the upgrades that you just clicked on is full self-driving, which I can click here and pay for on the phone if, if my credit card would go to $10,000, which I don't think it does. Uh, but like when we had the Model 3, you could also upgrade uh, the performance of it. Sure. But let's move on past the app because okay. you're buying a car, you're not buying All a right, phone. let's talk about the interior. Yeah, so the interiors, both are fairly minimalist, so they've both gone for a large central screen and not many buttons, but the Ford, I think, has executed the interior so much better than the Tesla. I think the materials are better. I think the fit and finish is better. I feel that the seats are far more comfortable than the Tesla, and I think the overall just experience inside the Ford is better than the Tesla. I like the Tesla. I like the white. I like the big 15-inch central screen, but the Ford just takes it up a notch in terms of quality. I think, yeah, I mean... You know, the takeaway, and I'll cut to the chase, would be that Tesla builds a better electric car, whereas Ford probably builds a better car. The quality is better. We've had all kinds of issues with our uh, Tesla. Uh, the driver's side rear door stopped opening, literally, and we had to actually have it repaired three times. Yeah. Right now, the tailgate does a horrible, like, um, I don't know, squeal, click, clack when you open it because it's rubbing. And the latest thing that's happened is the heater failed at 12,000 feet above elevation. Yeah, yeah, and that's a common problem now. Uh, They put a heat pump into the Model Y, uh, and I guess there's a valve that needs to be I think it's like a high-pressure sensor. Okay, or a sensor. But anyway, it's a problem with anybody who's living up in Canada. 
for all you Canadians who have either Model Ys or Model 3s with the heat pump. Uh, uh, so, yeah, there are issues with it. Uh, but it's certainly much more um, minimalist, right? I mean, the Tesla only has two buttons on the steering wheel and maybe a couple of controls on the seat. Everything else is done through that big central screen. And what Ford did, once again, like I say, Tesla pioneered this. Ford basically took the iPad and turned it vertically versus horizontally. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of the infotainment, I think that the Tesla tech is a little bit better, so the uh, usability of the Tesla system is a little easier. Ford is using something called the new Sync 4 system, which is a, uh, a big pioneering uh, accomplishment for Ford because they, they've really moved away from Sync 1, 2, and 3 in terms of its usability, and it's an all-new system, new design, new new technology. But it feels a little bit half-baked, at least the one I drove was super glitchy. Some of the slider controls were just hard to use. We had some issues with the backup camera and some of the controls were just not easy to navigate. So I think it's still in its infancy, but it should get it's better. Like the, it's like the fifth version of Sync. Why is it in its infancy? Because the four system is ground up. It's all new. It's not It's not some evolution of Sync 1 or 2. It's like it's a it's a big deal for Ford. Once again, like like car companies are great at building cars. They're not so great at building uh, uh, you know software, right? They're not great at code. So I think Apple and Google do a better job with their code than any of the manufacturers do with their version of, of Apple CarPlay or Google or Android Auto. But let's talk about the Ford system. I agree, Tommy. I think uh, uh, it's a little glitchy, and uh, the Tesla one uh, is a little bit more, uh, I think, intuitive. It's a little bit easier to use. And once you actually uh, get used to it, it's very good. But it doesn't have Apple CarPlay. It doesn't have Android Auto because Tesla doesn't play well with those companies, unfortunately, whereas Ford does. Yeah, the Tesla also has some infuriating things. Hmm. Like, it's got 100,000 cameras on the outside of it, but they can't <laughs> give it a 360-degree camera. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the Ford has a 360-degree camera. The Tesla doesn't have XM radio, which drives me crazy. Why? You can get it. No, you can't on the Model Y. It's only on the X. Is it? Yeah, as far as I know, you can only get it I on the X. I think if you pay for a subscription. No, I think the bubble only exists on the S and the X. I don't know about that. But one thing that Tesla does have is this really cool feature where there's a hard drive that you can plug in, if you want, into the car, and it records everything from all those cameras. Very cool, yeah. That so is a neat thing. in case of an accident, let's say you hit your horn, it actually saves that recording so you have a complete you know, view of any accident or anything that happened uh, saved to a hard drive, which I suspect is going to change the way that lawyers are litigating. The other thing that the Ford does, which is much, much, much better than the Tesla, is that little screen in front of the steering wheel. Oh, I love that little screen. Model so, X had it, has it. Uh, yeah, I, I really miss that little screen. So there's a little tiny screen in front of you that, what does it tell you? It's the gauge cluster. So it tells you the range, it tells you the speed, and that's pretty much it. It just is a very little minimalist screen to let you know the vitals, but it's in front of the driver versus the Tesla where you have to glance over at the big central screen. Um, and for some reason, this latest update, they've made the drive panel like twice as big and they made the actual usability this tiny thing of the Tesla. But anyways, uh, in the Ford, it's right in front of you always and it doesn't change. Yeah, now both cars have a glass roof, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, once again, is, you know, Tesla pioneered. Uh, but the thing about the Ford roof is that little front section where the A-pillar is, it's a lot thicker than the Tesla's. So if you're in the driver's or passenger seat, you look up, there is a roof over your head, but you don't really see that light coming in. Whereas the Tesla, it's much thinner, and so you kind of get a sense of a little bit more openness in the Tesla, I think. How about seats? Which do you like better? Oh, the, the, the Ford seats were incredible. So we had the premium trim, yep. which starts at about $47,000. It's, uh, it's the step above the select, but the seats were, they were just some of the best seats I've ever felt. They were soft, they were supportive, um, really good seats. Yeah, um, I think this would be a good place since you actually mentioned it. Let's talk about the different trim levels uh, and the costs and uh, the tax savings, right? So uh, 
the Tesla comes in only two flavors, uh, and that is a dual motor and a dual motor performance. Now, we have the dual motor performance. It cost us uh, $63,000, and there is no tax credit because Tesla has used up all theirs, and um, Ford actually comes in three flavors. More than that. Really? A lot of flavors. So the Tesla starts at forty nine nine in the long-range all-wheel drive. You have to get all-wheel drive motor, yeah. if you get the Model Y. The Mach-E starts at much more affordably, forty two eight nine five. Plus, if you apply, you can get up to $7,500 back. Federal. Yeah. Federal tax credit, yep. If you qualify. Plus, in Colorado, it's 3000 so you'd actually get $10,500 back here in Colorado. Which is a big deal. I think the Tesla still qualifies for the Colorado one, though. Yeah, doesn't Colorado, it? but doesn't qualify for the federal. So the, the base model is called the Select in the Ford. It starts at 43 MSRP. That is rear-wheel drive, though. Yep. So that's the rear-wheel drive configuration. Up from that is the Premium. Up from that is the California Route 1, and then up from that, which isn't currently available but will be out soon, is the GT. But this is where things get very interesting because there are two different drive configurations, rear-wheel drive and all-wheel drive in the Ford, and there are two currently available, two different battery configurations. So there's the standard range and the extended range battery. The difference is the standard range is rated at 68 kilowatt hours usable, and the extended range is rated at 88 kilowatt hours usable. Yeah, I agree. And then let's talk about range. Yeah, so uh, range, if we look here on the configurator, the uh, rear-wheel drive small battery is rated at 230. The one we had was the all-wheel drive small battery. That's rated at 211. So we had the shortest range one available. Going up from there, the longest range one is the extended battery rear-wheel drive at 300 miles. And then the most expensive currently available is the extended range all-wheel drive, and that's got 270 yeah, and Tesla does trump that. So our performance, I think, is 291 uh, EPA range, and I want to say the dual motor, if I remember right, is 325. They've upped it a little bit, so the dual motor is 326, and the performance is 303. Really? They upped ours? Yes. Holy cow. Anyway, there you go. Uh, so it, it is a little bit more range, and I think uh, Tesla doesn't talk about uh, horsepower or the size of the battery, but it's if you do some digging online, it's a 70 kilowatt-hour battery as well. Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. And that lets you use a lot more of that battery. You can actually, in the Tesla, you can actually tell it how much of the battery you want it to charge to, whereas Ford only gives you, what, 68 of those 75 kilowatt-hours, right? You can charge to. I mean, it charges completely, but they don't yes. allow you access to those last and seven so, kilowatts. So Tesla doesn't let you know how hours. many are... are Tesla doesn't let you know how many of the kilowatt hours are available in the pack, but it's believed to be somewhere around 72 of the 75, where Ford is like 68 of the 75. So they're more conservative, and they leave that buffer in there so uh, to protect the longevity of the battery. Now, our um, performance, according to Tesla, does 0 to 60 in 3.5. We've done extensive testing. We've never gotten it to 3.5. We've gotten it to like 3.9, I think, is the fastest we've ever gotten it to go from 0 to 60. And the Mach-E in the GT configuration is rated at about th- mid-threes is what they're targeting. Same thing, but it's not available yet. The one we had was rated at, I believe, 5.2, according to Ford, at 266 horsepower and then 428 pound-feet of torque. So a very, very torquey configuration. Now let's talk about the range really quick because this is where things get interesting. Over at TFL Car, um, we have a video coming soon, depending on when you watch this, uh, comparing over the Loveland Trials, the world's toughest EV test, the Mach-E versus the Model Y. We took both vehicles, we drove them up into the Colorado Rockies through uh, snow up, up to like 12,000 feet, uh, temperature down to 13 degrees Fahrenheit, and then we compared the range differences. 
And granted, we weren't apples to apples because the performance did not line up with the uh, Maki, but it was still cool to see the efficiency differences. Yeah, uh, and I'm not going to give away the uh, ending, so go watch that video. Uh, it, it was quite the effort. Uh, spent the whole day uh, shooting that video uh, and uh, came away with a lot of interesting um, a lot of interesting things you learned. Uh, the most interesting one, of, of course, is how you charge them. But we'll get to that. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, jump the gun yet. I uh, will. We're, we're yeah. still talking about performance. Go ahead. I know. I will say in terms of the range. Yeah. I think the range on both cars is plenty adequate for ninety nine percent of people. I mean, if you're driving more than two hundred miles uh, on a daily basis, I don't know if an EV so is a good choice so, for you. So the one thing I will tell you that surprised me is the Ford actually does really well on range. Most electric cars we've tested. We've tested a lot now, right? I mean. Uh, we've actually owned the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the smart EV. We actually own the BMW i3 right now. And all of them, uh, tend to underestimate, uh, you know, how much battery charge there really is and how many miles to empty. But the Ford actually does the exact opposite. I think Overestimate. They, yeah, so, I think they sandbagged it a little bit. So, yeah, like the Leaf, yeah. the, the cars we've driven, they, they overestimate. Right. Ford is typically going to underestimate on the range indicator on how far you can go. So if it says you can go 100 miles, <laughs> you're probably going to go more than 100 miles. Whereas on a Leaf, if it says you go 100 miles, you're probably only going to go 80 or 70 miles. Yeah, so we were really surprised at how... Uh, Efficient, actually, the uh, the Ford ended up being. Even though, according to the EPA, the Tesla is much more efficient when you look at the the numbers and you know the the MPGE. That's right. Yeah, but even still, we were. Uh, I'm, I think we were not quite as efficient on our tests in the Mach E relative to the Tesla, but we still did very well in the Ford, and I was really impressed. And the range indicator was. It's just too pessimistic. It's too negative. It could be a little bit. A little bit more uh, optimistic because it's depressing sitting there looking at 70 miles of range remaining when you can probably go closer to 90 or 100. Yeah, if you if you get a Mach-E, don't look at that uh, the, the number. Look Just at the, go off look the percentage. At, yeah, that's the lesson we learned. Look, go off the battery percentage. You'll feel much happier. Uh, whereas with the Tesla, uh, you can go off either. You can you can toggle between them, uh, but the, the the mileage is pretty. Um, once again, uh, I think they underestimate in the Ford and perhaps overestimate in the Tesla. I think that is a great way of looking at it, yep. Right. And, and there's a lot of reasons why they do that. I mean, it's a complex <laughs> EPA cycle thing, and it's a, it's a whole st- it's a story for another day, but yes. All right, and then uh, let's talk about uh, kind of just a fun factor. Uh, the, the Model Y performance is just a lot more fun to drive, uh, period. Maybe when the GT comes out, it'll be more fun to drive, but that, uh, you know, snap of the neck, Instant acceleration you get in that vehicle is 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 such a hoot. It never gets old. Uh, the Ford has this interesting thing where it feels really quick to about twenty five miles an hour, and then it kind of falls off of a cliff, right? Like if you're if you're obviously the performance model Y is going to be a lot quicker than the than the one we tested, uh, but I think up to about twenty five the the. The Mach-E would keep up, and then the Tesla would walk away from it. Or we tried this, actually. We were going up the uh, – <laughs> this is fun. We were going up the Eisenhower uh, – to the Eisenhower Tunnel, right, up the Icontlet, and we lined up next to each other because it's a three-lane road, and then we both floored it, and the Model Y was, like, off like a rocket. But it's just – you just can't compare them. I no, mean, you can't. They're too different. And it's much more – actually, the one we tested, the Ford we tested, was 50K, though. It wasn't that but you expensive. But you get the tax credit, so they could be right. 42 for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're just – it's really hard to compare the performance performance of the two, uh, and uh, we're going to have to wait to the GT to know for sure what the difference is going to be. So we've gotten to the, the kind of the ride and handling part of it now. Um, the uh, oh Gosh. So, you know, the Tesla performance comes with 21-inch uh, wheels and tires, uh, but we swapped them out 
to 19s because we put on these all-weather tires for Michelin. Thank you very much to test them over the winter. And what that did was it made a, a, a firm ride into a harsh ride. I didn't like the ride to begin with at the Tesla. I felt it was just way too firm. firm. It was very firm, yeah. And yeah. now it's harsh. Now it just every – every I, I don't know because maybe those – all weather tires are stiffer, or maybe because the wheels are, I, you know, I don't know what it is. It just, you feel every bump, and it's actually become almost uh, uncomfortable riding in the Tesla with the current setup that we have. Well, because I'm 90 years old, I thought it was uncomfortable to begin with. <laughs> and now I think it's just, phew, it's really rough. Whereas the Ford feels more like a regular car, right? It's, it's much more, it's better kind of. Um, Sprung, so it doesn't feel like you know you're hitting every bump. It doesn't come up through your seat. It just feels like you know a traditional sedan. The Ford crossover. The Ford rides very well. It's super comfortable on the highway. Yeah. I mean, it's just dead quiet. It's very well dampened over expansion joints and over big holes. The seats are incredible. And when you add all those together, it's a very good highway cruiser. It's not as Fun as I would have liked in the corners. The thing, the, the car we had weighed something like forty six hundred pounds. It's heavy. God, you can feel the weight in the Ford. The Tesla, even though it's Tesla, even though it rides harsher, it feels a lot more sporty. And it is. You know, the steering's quicker, uh, the acceleration's quicker, uh, the car feels lighter. It, it, you know, it does much better going around the corners. I'm just going to say it, Tommy. The Ford is pretty boring to drive. It's it's just not exciting. Well, it's not. It's not. It's certainly, with the Mustang name, it doesn't live up to it. Um, I think that the steering is better than the Tesla. I think the brakes are better than the Tesla. Even, I'm not even talking about the performance, just like the normal Model Y. The Mustang is okay. It's, it's a good cruiser, but it, it, yeah. Even though the Tesla is also very, 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 very heavy. It's also like mid-4,000 pound range. The, the, the Mustang just does a much worse job of hiding its weight, and you feel it. I mean, it weighs as much as like a Ford Explorer, and uh, it, it kind of wallows in the turns, and it, the steering isn't that precise or that quick, and it, it just doesn't have the same zippiness in, in the corners that, that any Tesla I've ever driven has. Uh, but that, I mean, that's okay because I think most people are going to just be driving it on a commute and on highways, and it's perfect for that. But it's not something, at least this uh, standard range all-wheel drive, that you'd want to throw in and turn. You know, it, it, as Nathan would say, if you want some lead in your pencil, uh, this is more of a commuter than it is. And it's a shame. I mean, why Ford decided not to build just a straight-up all-electric Mustang, a traditional Mustang. And, and that's it's hard to get past that, right? It's hard when you call something a Mustang, which is, let's face it, the original pony car, right? It's got this incredible heritage of building excitement and fun to drive. It started out as a very fun car, even though it had kind of bare-bones beginnings. Uh, and now you've basically turned it into a crossover. That That's the part that's hard to come by. So if, if it had been named something else, I think I wouldn't be as... Um, as critical of, of its performance, but you know it, they did put the Mustang name on it. They did give it Mustang styling cues. So I'm like, hey, this thing better be fun to drive, and it's okay. It's it's you know, uh, and that's been really Tesla's secret sauce all along, right? Whether you like Musk or not, the guy knows how to build a car that creates excitement and drama and fun, and yet all. Traditional car companies, dare I say, legacy car companies, which I'm sure all the Tesla fanboys would agree with. I don't agree with that, but you know, they, they seem to think that electric cars need to be economy cars. And I'm like, why? Just make them fast, make them quick, and make them fun. But that's coming. That's what the GT Once again, is going to be. It's coming. Why? Why is it? Why not come out with the GT, create some excitement, and then do the more mundane family car? Why? Why? Why do you lead with the? The, the less exciting, interesting car, and not come out right away with the one that you, you can take to the track and drag race. You'll see when that GT comes okay. out, it's going to be brilliant. It's going right. to be super fun. All right, now we're up to utility, Tommy. 
What do you think? Which one has more utility? They're about the same. Yeah. Uh, they both have that stupid slanting rear end that just kind of cuts off utility. I think the back seat was probably a little better in the Ford than the Tesla. Um, I, I just felt like I had a little bit more knee room in the back of the, uh, the, so, the Mustang. So here's something interesting. And, and both of these car compa- companies actually kind of realize this. A lot of electric cars, what they do is because there's batteries on the floor, right, the seat height is um, set at the normal height. And what ends up happening is that um, – you don't have a lot of legroom, so you kind of end up sitting with your knees and your nose uh, because they've raised the floor. Uh, but both these car companies have realized that, and they've raised the seat height, so you now have kind of a flat seating position where your feet are flat on the floor and your head isn't hitting the ceiling of the or the roof of the car. Yeah, they're both well-engineered in terms of backseat room. And then trunk room is, um, you know, we didn't put put a lot of stuff in the in the trunk. We just kind of ran out of time this week because we were doing so much with them. But I think it's probably pretty comparable. They both feel like they would hold enough for your uh, your, your commute. The, the 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 Tesla's got a lot more room underneath the floor, so the Ford kind of has just this little cubby. But the, the Tesla goes way deep in there, which is really cool. But apart from that, they're pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would say uh, both are very comfortable. I think the seats in both uh, are very comfortable. And both, of course, for that middle row, in the back don't have that cubby or that hump where you would have a drive shaft so if you have to be you know that passenger that rides in the middle of the back seat you won't be as miserable let's say you're going out to you know lunch with a bunch of friends you won't be you know as badly um, stuck as you would be in a traditional car all right let's talk about the charging infrastructure not yet we'll get to it what's next value Value. We talked about value. No, we got to talk about. We value. talked about value. The four is a much better value. You get the seventy five hundred dollars tax credit. It starts at forty two. It's a much better value. The Tesla starts at forty nine. Um, you don't have the tax credit, so I think the Ford is much more affordable and it's a better value. How about economy? Uh, e- economy. The Tesla does better yep. than the Ford. Um, it's more efficient, according to the EPA. By um, like twenty percent. Yeah, it's so, pretty substantial. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if you're buying an electric car, you probably do care about economy. Um, but um, let's talk about the charging network or the lack thereof. So th- this is where a Tesla is heads and shoulders above any of the other electric cars. So what happened? Why don't you, why don't you spill the beans and let them know what happened in our love and trials? Well, so the Tesla charges at the uh, supercharger network, which is the Tesla-only proprietary DC fast charging network. You can pull up, plug in, it automatically starts charging. It'll bill your Tesla account remotely. You never have to pull anything out. The Ford is supposed to have pioneered a a new technology called plug-in charge, where you show up at a station, plug in, and it'll just start charging. And how did that work for us? It did not work at uh, Electrify America. I've tried it... um, uh, twice now on Electrify America, twice on EVgo, and not once have I gotten it to work. So um, I had to futz with the first charger. That one wasn't working. Went to the second charger. The credit card reader was broken on the second charger. And then the third one I charged, uh, I tried charging on, finally initialized and worked, and the fourth one was broken. But um, <laughs> So one, we, we pulled up to uh, the mall in Golden, and there's both Tesla chargers and Electrify America chargers, and we did a, a drag race, right? Who can get more power in 15 minutes? I pulled up, and with the Tesla, all you do is pull up, uh, back in, uh, take the charging uh, hose, hold it up to the Tesla. The little f- flap opens automatically. You plug it in. It starts charging, bills your credit card, done, right? You, on the other hand, I was like, I was, I'd been charging for literally, I think, like eight minutes, and I walked up to you, and you were still looking for a charger that would work. Well, yeah. So the, the first one, 
the car said charger fault. The second one, credit card was broken. The third one worked, but it was charging very slowly. So I tra- tried a fourth one, and the fourth one, like I said, it wasn't broken. It just wouldn't initialize to the car. So maybe that means it was broken. But anyways, it, it's it's a very frustrating thing. I also never saw good charging rates on the Maki. So the fastest I was able to see was 46 kilowatts at about 35 percent. Dude, I, I could get only 61. And yeah, you were also going slow. The guy next to me was at 168 kilowatts. I don't know what was going on with our Tesla. And I don't know why that was. It was charging, but like I said, only at 61. And that thing is supposed to have a much larger charging rate, right? The Model Y is supposed to be capable, I think, 250 kilowatts, right? Uh, and it was at 61. Yeah, I mean, maybe the for, test... May- for, sorry. And for all of you non-electric like car, that directly translates to how... Basically, it's how big of a hose you have to get electricity into the car and how long it takes to fill it up. I, I think maybe the test was put a lot of strain on the cars and they were either too hot or too cold or something because neither of them were charging. But I also tried charging the Mach-E three different times. And of those three times, they were so slow every time I tried it. I mean, one of the tries was like 30-something kilowatts. It was just remarkably slow considering the car peaks or should peak at a 150. So that was just super, super disappointing. Uh, hopefully Ford can address that. Maybe it just doesn't charge well if it's cold or charge well if it's hot or charge well if it's grumpy. But I don't know. I just I couldn't get decent charging times out of it. And I charged at two different companies that supply DC fast chargers. And every single time I charged, it was just a fight to get the thing to work. All right. This is time for that a section that you guys love, I hope at least, Roman's Rant. Oh, jeez. Yeah, here's Roman's Rant. All right, this is, and I actually realized this because of our friend Alex, right, when we had the uh, uh, Nexo, which is a hydrogen car, right? Uh, I said in this podcast before, you know, some Tesla fanboys would call the traditional company legacy companies, right? And in this regard, they are absolutely right. So I think if you want, and I've gotten this over a number of years, so before you start, you know, criticizing me keep in mind you know we've driven about every electric car including every car there is we've used all the different kinds of chargers i mean this is our job uh and at this point i've come to a realization that if you are a traditional car company and if you are not building out your own charging network you are going to get left behind uh whether that's toyota and trying to sell the mirai then they need to build out a hydrogen infrastructure or whether that's ford and they're trying to partner with electrify america or any of the other car companies it just doesn't work and it's a huge advantage that Tesla has, and I think I think you can't underestimate and understate how huge of an advantage that is to have your own worldwide charging network that is flawless, that works every time, that tells you how many chargers are empty, how many chargers are full, that you can use to actually drive across America. Try road tripping in a Maki, and you're going to have a much more difficult time than you are in a Tesla, and that is because of that proprietary charging network that I know Tesla says that they'll share with other car companies, but I have yet to see it. So I think, dude, if you're, you know, wanting to sell electric cars, you better go out there and start building chargers. Apparently Ford's working on it. They do. Where are they? Uh, they're coming to Ford dealers near you. So apparently, yeah, yeah, Nissan did that with the Leaf. How did that work? No, but I think that maybe that's, that, that's the least you could do. That, that that's not even. I wouldn't even put that in a press release. I mean, once again, I'm still ranting, right? But putting a charger in your dealer network and you're proud of that, for God's sakes, dude. Most people put chargers in their homes and they don't rely. You know, they don't put a press release out. But they're there. not DC fast chargers, dude. It's it's like having a shopping center without parking. Come on. You know, hey, we got parking at our shopping center. Really? How? I'm proud of you guys, you know? Wait and see. It's going to be impressive. And there's <laughs> a ton. No, seriously. There are a ton of Ford dealers across the country. And, and this is the other thing that's interesting, right? 
part two of Roman's rant, and that is, you know, we've been doing a lot of these videos and we read the comments, and a lot of people are saying that, that Ford is going to go out there and just smash it with the Maki because they have this dealer network. I actually think that the dealer network is going to do more to harm their sales than help those sales, and that's because dealers aren't incentivized to sell electric vehicles. They are incentivized because um, of repair cost and money they make repairing things to sell traditional vehicles. So I'm really a little worried that instead of actually selling the Mach-E, the dealer's going to park it in the back of the lot next to the uh, uh, dust cover charger and say, what can I get you, what can I do to get you into an F-150 when you walk in there to buy, an F- to buy the uh, Mach-E? And you, you'll see. You're going to see. No, I do. I genuinely do think this. I mean, t- the Tesla network is good. Uh, the, it's great. No, no. The supercharger network is great. The dealer network is – the store network is pretty lacking. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah, that – Yeah, but a lot of people buy them online now. Uh, yes, but still, you still have to get it serviced. I mean, if you live 250 our, miles from a Tesla store, how are you going to get the thing serviced? Our service experience, and thank you, Tesla, it could be because of this podcast or, or you know, YouTube channels, has been exceptional. They treated me very well. But how far is the store? From our house? Yeah. Closer than the Ford dealer. N- no. Longmont Ford is about the same distance. No, it's like it's 15 cl- minutes away. It's, uh, the store, there's two in Denver, and the one that is close to us is like 15 minutes it's away. It's 15 minutes away, yeah. But And we live in a pretty suburban area, which is granted where they sell a lot of EVs. I'm just but saying, for, for me, it's, it's around the corner. I know, but there's going to be a lot of folks that, you know, they don't live near a Tesla store. They don't live near a Tesla yeah, store. Yeah, but you know, that, you know that that salesman, when you walk in to buy a Mach-E, he's going to be like, hey, why don't you look at the uh, Explorer instead? Great. But here's the great thing. I mean, Tesla uses one price you have to pay for. If you're right and these things do start stacking up, I will be able to go to a Ford dealer. I'll be able and to pay ne- over sticker. No, I'll be able to negotiate for it in a month from now. I'm going to be able. A to- lot of people hate that process. But here's it's incredibly point. stressful. It's stressful, but if I can save five, six, seven thousand dollars, I you bet I'm going to negotiate I mean, for know, it. There are a lot of people who would rather rather pay more and just have a stress free. Uh, buying experience than have to go and deal with you know a Ford dealer where you have to come in there like guns blazing and be Mr. Uh, Wall Street. I'm going to you know take this vehicle off your hands for this much money or else. You know that is a horrible process. I hate it myself. I don't want to buy cars like that. And you just feel like and then when you do that, you feel like you're always getting ripped off because you're always wondering to yourself. I wonder if my neighbor got a cheaper you know down the street. Whereas with Tesla. You know, you know the guy paid the same month you did, unless of course uh, Musk has decided that he's going to lower the price the next day, which he does, or raise it, or, or raise, raise it. it. He's welcome to raise he does. it. He too. does it quite a bit. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Whereas at Ford, I know that they're going to be out there. Not not initially. You may see some over sticker initially, but eventually they're going to be out there. You're going to be able to go in. Ford will have cash on the table, most likely. Especially as they, they start piling up. Yeah. So, so what do you think it'll sell? Let's let's just cut to the chase. No more ranting. Do you think it will sell? Will the Mach-E sell? Yeah, because it's familiar. People know what Ford is. People mm-hmm. know they, they know their dealer. They know their salesman. They know the service center. Yeah, but right now only 2% of cars in America are electric, and the majority of those are Teslas. And that's because – I know why that is, because Tesla is coveted, right? People think Tesla is cool. People think Tesla is a new thing. The, the, you know, the value of the company is, like, through the roof. Uh, like I think it's currently worth like more than seven of the next or the biggest car companies combined. Uh, so will will people have that same kind of um, 
desire to own a Mach E as they do a Tesla. They sold 148,000 Leafs, according to Wikipedia, as of December 2020. Okay. And if they can sell 148,000 shopping carts in America, in America okay. they sold over 500,000 worldwide. Okay. If they can sell 148,000 Leafs, which is just a pretty blummer of a car, especially the early ones, I think they're going to sell the Mach-E because it's a good car. It's it's not. I don't think it's quite Tesla good, but it's much more affordable and it's more familiar for more people. Well, once they sell the first 250, it won't be that much more affordable because, or even less, I don't know how many credits, unless, of course, a new administration actually brings in more tax credits, but unless... Two, what do you mean 250? Well, that's... Uh, that's it's more than 250 cars, Dad. It's uh, several hundred thousand. Yeah, but then it, it, it goes... It goes 250,000. Oh, 250,000. It goes down, you know, the, the tax credits decline as you sell more Hey, cars. if Ford can sell 250,000 Mach-E's, they're going to be amazed with themselves. Dude, so they, I sell, they sell that many F-150s in like a week. Yeah, well... <laughs> I think they're going to sell a lot of Mach-E's, and you're going to be surprised when you see them on the road. Um, so let's let's uh, talk about um, our overall uh, driving experiences with both. Now, we have uh, only spent a week behind the wheel, but we put a lot of miles on that uh, Mach-E. Uh, you know, i, I got to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised at the end of the day. I thought the car, especially where it underestimates uh, its actual range, I, I thought that was great. Uh, I thought the fit and finish were great. Um, the, the one part that really let me down, it wasn't just... Um, at the charging network, it was also at our house, and this was really weird. So we have a um, uh, a juice box at our home, right, which we use to charge up the electric cars when we're home. And we have a, a it's not a juice box; here, it's just a traditional so it's a, level I, two charger. I can explain it. Yeah. So we have we had professionally installed a NEMA 1450 plug, yep. which is a 240 volt outlet, yep. and we use this juice box to charge up everything. So Tesla Model Y, our Model Three, we use it to charge up the smart car. We've used it to charge up plug-in hybrids like the Rav4 Prime, everything. And for some reason, it wouldn't charge up the Mach E. So you plug it in, and it would kind of click, and then it wouldn't charge. So I unplugged the juice net. I plugged in the Ford included charger. It still wouldn't charge in that uh, on our plug, which we use constantly. And we for tried every it multiple car. times over multiple days, and yeah. it wouldn't charge, which is really weird. I mean, I get it that it wouldn't maybe like sync with the juice box, but why it wouldn't like when you take it and plug it into the wall, and you're using Ford's own charger. Level 2, it wouldn't charge. was really weird. Although we were able to get it to charge level 2 at the office here. Which is weird. Yeah, level 2, we just plugged it in and it charged. I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But yep. th- these are the kinds of things that would be really frustrating if you own the car. You know, we own the Model Y, uh, and charging is pretty seamless. Uh, and this would be really frustrating if you had somebody, sp- you know, I think we spent like 500 bucks to put that, char- you know, that wall plug in. And then you plugged in the... You know the Mach-E charger and didn't charge. Okay, so I'm just going to go down the list really quick and okay. give you my impressions, and you give me yours. Tesla okay. looks like a computer mouse. I think it's pretty poorly made. It's pretty poorly assembled, at least in terms of panel gaps and the heater and the infotainment glitches and the, the, that kind of stuff. Um, I think the interior is nice on the Tesla. The seats are better on the Mach-E. The charging infrastructure is killer on the Tesla. Performance is killer on the Tesla. And the integration of the phone app and the navigation with the car is really good on the Tesla. Yeah, and then the other thing that, that you know, I, I, I try to stay agnostic on this because I think, you know, cars have been, ever since I was a kid, built built, built, built around the world. Uh, but, you know, in the comments, I, I can't help but comment on the fact that Tesla is actually built in California, whereas a Ford is built in uh, Mexico. Whether that matters to you or not, I don't know, but it does seem to matter to a lot of people in the comments. To me, I don't really care as long as it's a good car. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Tesla is built here in America. Okay, so by Ford positives, yeah. I think it looks much better than Tesla. 
I think the interior overall is better in terms of materials and quality. The seats are amazing. It's super quiet and comfy on the highway. Negatives, sync was kind of a mess on me in terms of glitches and speed and actual usability. I think the charging network was just a debacle over the four times I fast charged it. And I think it's not all that fun to drive for what it should be. But then it's pretty good value. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And I think overall it's a really good car actually. I think, you know, there are some teething issues and you would expect that. I hope that uh, Ford has, you know, initially when they, uh, this is kind of how you can tell our car company is committed to actual vehicles or not. So initially when they built it, they weren't going to build the batteries themselves. They were going to have, you know, another supplier do it for them. Uh, And now they've come back and they said they're actually going to build the batteries. And I think that is where the rubber hits the road. Uh, And I hope that Ford is committed to actually making it because uh, out of all the electric cars that we've tested, um, that try to compete with the Tesla, right? And we haven't we haven't gotten behind the wheel of the uh, ID4 yet. So Volkswagen, if you're listening, you know, uh, let us uh, please get behind the wheel of that. We'd love to compare it. But out of all the electric cars, I'm talking about you know the Kona EV. I'm talking about the well everything. Uh, this is probably the the best electric car outside of a Tesla that you can buy right now. For sure. Well, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Yeah, and uh, uh, thanks for listening. And Tommy, uh, if people want to kind of watch our comparison of the two so they can actually see it. We've done actually three videos, so what are those three videos? Yep, so over at tfocar.com, we compared the Model Y to the Mach-E, kind of just more of a straight-up comparison, you know, parked them next to each other. Just show, show. And then we took them for a ride. Um, Also at TFL Car, I did a all-wheel drive comparison, so I put them in what I call a TFL roller test, where basically we get... A slip test. ...the various wheels stuck in these rollers, and then the car has to figure out how to get unstuck. That was pretty cool. And then, coming up very soon, we're going to have the Loveland Trials, where we drive them up a mountain in the middle of winter, and compare the range, and the charging, and the driving, and the autopilot, and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be coming soon. And then over at TFL Now, on Thursday of this week, I'm going to put out a video, which is my brutally independent and honest thoughts of the Maki. Okay, uh, there you guys have it. Uh, And if you're listening to this in Jamaica, Croatia, Serbia, (laughs) the Czech Republic, thank you. Uh, We love that you're listening to it. I could say děkuji in Czech because I'm Czech. Mm How would you say thank you in Jamaican? I'm sorry, Dad. Thank I you, have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing. <laughs> and Croatian and Serbian, no clue. Uh, and as always, uh, go to TFL Car or TFL Now. Uh, and, of course, thank you for watching on TFL Talk. Uh, and, uh, yeah, check out our new uh, TFL bids, right, where we're selling trucks. 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 Yep, trucks. that's for yep. sure. Truck, truck, trucks. All right. See you guys next time. Ciao. Thanks, Tommy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.